You're listening to a DM podcast. We we are back <laughs> in the football shed. Uh, I'm here. It's Rog and Jeff Kings here. You got to say the weekly football podcast. Oh, the football podcast for fans that live in the zone. wrong time zone. Jeff's here. Yeah, it's not. Thank even, you for correcting me. It's Jeff. not even not even weekly anymore, is it? Since post John until the end of the season, I think we've been averaging every fortnight, which is which is about fine. We do miss some remarkably football, regular, I would say, for, like organised. It is, and it's been in the same time on a fortnightly basis. Shall we start again and just say the remarkably regular podcast <laughs> for fans that live in the wrong time zone? Yes. Um, however, I've got a bug bear with podcasts in general right I, I listened to a football podcast this week i do listen to football podcasts okay. so i quite enjoy them and it took them nine minutes to talk about football i reckon we would have done that before. no 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 no. i always look at it and i'm like oh about three four minutes i'm like shit we got we should probably get on with it because no one actually gives a shit about us. i'm sure that you have talked about bananas or shopping trips or Something like that for longer than no, nine no, no. minutes. No, no, no. Nine minutes is excessive. And I, I okay. actually got angry. I'm like, my commute is only half an hour. And a third of that has been taken up with your nonsense. What was the so nonsense about? It was just pure nonsense. Absolute, yeah. almost equivalent to this <laughs> <laughs> as nonsense, which is now at one minute Let's 32 of zero football. Um, what, well, are you, what are you drinking this week, <laughs> <laughs> Quick, let's get to the football. I am, well, the, the, the weather's changed a bit, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a bit cooler, so you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm into my hazy IPAs, which are more, yes, of a, I do, more of a summer thing. So, I'm on are the, they? Is that a thing? They're more of yeah, a summer. Yeah, it's a summery drink. Um, I mean, all times of year, but um, I've moved on to the stout. So I'm on the uh, Jetty Road Milk Chocolate <laughs> Stout. <laughs> Uh, we believe in sharing the good times and never growing old. Why should kids have all the fun? So we brewed a chocolate milk stout for the young at heart with decadent vanilla beans and cacao nibs. It's the adult-only version of a sugar rush. There you go. That's what I'm drinking. Wow. It's quite tasty. Wow. Do you know, I saw this... Um, uh, you, you know Bear Grylls, that bloke? That bloke who gets just chucked places and I do, lives? Yeah. yeah. I saw this Bear Grylls episode where he, he climbed inside a camel. Have you seen that? He was in the desert. And to he stay climbed, warm. Yeah, to stay, stay warm at yeah, night. And it just made me think of you. Climbing inside a camel? No, just well, I saw this like camel's stomach getting like slowly just, just like knifed up and the juices that came out of it. I'm like, oh, Rog. Roger'd love that. Roger'd love that it's camel stomach juice. That, that sounds like add some water and some yeast, and he'd just like call it, it a, up. a hazy camel bile, and and just drink it on a Wednesday for what's <laughs> fermented. It just made me think of you that. that. Right. Anyway, um, what are you drinking? A uh, furfies, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> just just a furfy, <laughs> not a camel bile. Um, okay, football. Football. What do you want to talk about? Well, first, before we last thing is we okay. next week is the award show, right? Which we do every oh, year. This is, the, this is the fifth or sixth award show that we're, we're doing every year in the in the shed. At the beginning of the year, we we make some predictions, and at the end of the year, we pull them apart, give ourselves some points, and then um uh have a bit of an award ceremony. For uh, for other key components of the season, and talk about Everton not winning the league. And I'm going to just jinx it, but we expect to be welcoming Jonathan Hewitt back for the awards show next week. So for those who are really sick of just listening to Rog and I, hopefully the dulcet tones of Mr. Hewitt will join us again next that week. That includes me. Um, well, you're sick of listening to John. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm, I'm really excited to have John. To back. have someone else back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone else. Just give anyone, even if it looks like John. Little bald bloke. Any little bald bloke. What's, what's, what's Cleany ping, ping doing? Ball. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we, we will be welcoming John back next week. I think he'll be, um, it will be quite... Uh, emotional reunion. An emotional reunion. That's well, well put, Roger. Okay, football. Start with a question, right? We start with a question every week. Have you got a question? I've got a question. Oh, great. Right. I don't think we've started with a question yet. Like we normally do, but we're not very good at this. So okay, let's go. So do you want me to start with the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, let's I'll start go. with yeah. the question. Right. So we'll start with the question. Right. Name the footballer who, for the first time in Premier League history, has scored a goal on every day of the week in the same season. Wow. 
they have played a ridiculous amount of games on silly days this year yeah so this is pretty much the first year that i would probably think that's possible but someone in the premier league has become the first player they, they could they could put that on their mantelpiece the first player to score on every day of the week can i get a clue or not is it an unusual player you might not think of for scoring lots of goals uh i don't know who is it good again no <laughs> why would you Okay, fine. No, oh, it's not. No. Man City's top scorer this year, Jeff. Is, is he really? How many goals has he got? 17. Wow. Uh, Jamie Vardy. No, it's not Jamie Vardy. Um, Do you want me to give you a clue? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That clue's lost. Um, somebody Mexican? Ian Nacho! Oh, <laughs> the Nat! The Nat, the corn right. chip! Yes, he's become the first player. To, I should have guessed. Shouldn't you get sorry, that? That, was, that was a good clue. That was a terrific <laughs> musical um, clue. Yes, his first yeah. player ever to score in every day of the week. So there you go. Hang your hat on that, chip boy. Uh, he's been great too. He's been excellent. Do, do you know, it's, it, sometimes we. Um, we talk nonsense on, on here, but mm-hmm. sometimes I, I see players do things. I'm like, oh, fuck, we, we actually gave that a fair bit of airtime. And then a few weeks later, they do the same thing again. You think, that's great. Do you remember the conversation about Iheanacho and how he adjusts his body? Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you see his goal? I did. But, did you think, shit, he adjusted his body well there? Yeah, I thought, it was one where I thought, is that a good finish or not? And then I was like, it is. Like, he made it look remarkably easy and smooth when I don't actually think it was the easiest chance in the world. No, I think it was, and, it's tricky when it comes out so quickly. Because yeah. of how he adjusted his body <laughs> and uh, timed it right. Yeah. It kind of looked, I was like, did he scuff it at first? But he didn't. He actually hit it really flush um, and just almost didn't think about it. And the keeper was never saving it. Um, and maybe, you know, because it didn't go right in the corner you, you, initially, is it I good was enough? like, yeah. is, it, is it good enough? But actually, the you know, because he he hit it well, and he almost wrong footed the keeper. Yeah, it yeah. Didn't, it didn't matter. Well, I mean, you, I I reckon nine out of ten players, even strikers, would take a touch. They'd, yeah, they'd control the ball and then try and place it. But the way Nacho is able to adjust his body instantaneously to the right position means that he has options. He kind that, of just swept it in. But you know, and I'm not saying that he's the best striker in the world. I'm just saying that that particular skill. You're saying he's got a superpower. His superpower is something that's quite unique. Yeah. It's not that he's just an amazing finisher, he's cold, or, you know, he's, um, you know, ruthless or whatever. His, his, I, I, I would say he is the best in the Premier League at instantaneously being the right shape at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Shapeshifter. Yeah, 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 no, I do. It's yeah, incredible. I, it's absolutely incredible. It. Yeah. And it probably makes up for, I'm not saying he's a poor finisher. I'm just saying he doesn't need to try any harder. Because it will bounce off him right. But you do want, like, I always wonder with a player like Iniacho, is it that he's never had enough opportunity and played enough games? Is it that he's just taken this long to get good? Or is it that he's having a good 10 weeks and he'll revert back to the average soon? No, I think he's better. I mean, he was always up and coming at Man City. Yeah, always had potential. Yeah, but that was the point where Aguero was was dominant, and they wanted to to blood in Jesus, and so he was always going to be third. And and you know, Pep doesn't play two strikers anyway. He rarely plays a striker. So he but just Gundogan has seventeen goals. Yeah, exactly so. right. So, so he, he, he had no hope to get to get into that side. But that's not a slight on who he is or how good a player he was. He wouldn't have got near that side if he wasn't a very good player. So I, I genuinely But he think... hasn't really done it at Leicester until this season. Well, I, I agree, but he also, he's been second fiddle to Jamie Vardy and they've not played two strikers. Yeah. So this is the first... You're right, and they're very set up to play to Jamie Vardy's strengths. Exactly right. In the actual strengths. They're, they're long ball counter-attack. And they're not... I know that they play intricate great, but this year they've been playing intricate interplay, mm. good football, but they've been playing with two strikers. And... um. And actually, the, the point where Jamie Vardy was injured and Iheanacho came in and got a good run of games, he was excellent. So like, judge a player on, on their um, on their consistency and on their talents. And this year, he's been excellent. And players can get better, you know? They can get better. And sometimes at odd times. Like, you kind of feel like his natural progression 
stayed would have gone. You know, like he's too mm. old for that now, but maybe not. But, but then, we should um, let's talk about Leicester. Yeah, um, it's a good segue from uh, the Mexican, the ruthless Mexican, into um, Leicester. Uh, did you watch the FA Cup? Yes, great. Yeah, I I, I had a great time. It's the it's the most I've enjoyed watching a game of football for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? What was the difference? Um. I so I watched it. I didn't watch it live because it was on a stupid time mm. here. But I watched the replay, uh, without knowing the score or reading everything. Oh, so it's essentially yeah. the same yeah, as yeah. watching it live. Um, and fans, mm. fans, atmosphere. Like I reckon, not just confined to the FA Cup final, but obviously today we've had games with fans back in the ground. Every moment in the game, you can see it means more to the players having fans there, like and to the manager scoring goals, big moments in games. I feel like there's just an extra bit of passion there, or you know, means means something. The players are more engaged with it. Um, and you realize, like, it's such an integral element to football. And I, I think I'm probably like all of us, just a bit sick of the glorified, friendly merry-go-round that we've been on for months and months and months. And I suppose getting fans back in just gives you a little insight into what we've missed. Mm. And with it being a final in particular, the FA Cup I thought was great. Like there was noise. Uh, ben Chilwell was getting booed. Like when was the last time you heard real boos in a stadium? And um, when Till, you know, Tillman scored an, an absolute belter, mm. and there was like proper noise coming through my television, like crowd noise. And yeah. I was like, this is so good. And you could see it. You could see the, you know, the, the, the I mean, maybe it was emphasized because the fans have got all that space to jump around and dance and like hug each other and stuff because there's not that many fans in there. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I just. I think that that was it. Like it's, I, I yes, enjoyed the game, but I just more just enjoyed that it felt more like football. See, it's interesting. Like, I think it's the things that are impossible to replicate. Like, yes, we pumped in crowd noise. Fine, that's fine. It gives you a bit of background, a bit of um, you, it's it's fine, right? But the 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 kind of mass uh, inhale on pass number 12 in a move that's going up the pitch where everyone just starts holding their breath going is this the one like is this going to be a perfect goal or not it's like that that mass anxiety in a group you can't replicate no you, you, and you feel it on the pitch and the the defenders feel it the attackers feel it it changes the game of football and it makes you question right so we're going to have fans towards the uh, you know this morning there were fans by the time this this podcast comes out. There'll be fans in the games that are happening overnight, and there'll be fans in the last game of the season. So, what is the home versus away advantage for that? That that's a slightly unbalanced thing. That you know, some clubs are part of me going to get going to get two home games with two home sets of supporters. You know, during the time yeah, of Christmas when Everton were allowed their fans, they beat Arsenal and Chelsea at Goodison, and Everton have been the worst at home all season. But don't you feel like it would? almost give both teams a lift because of well you'd, you'd say that but then look at what happened with Brighton and Man City this morning yeah that was that was, not, that was brilliant because it kind of I don't think there's no way that would have happened exactly. with no, no so if you, if you talk about is that an unbalanced yeah. home and away advantage there is no way Brighton would have would have come back from two goals down against Manchester City it just it, it, and seeing the emotion of the Brighton players yeah when amazing. they scored I just don't think that again that would happen in an empty stadium but it's funny in the FA Cup I think I thought of you immediately because one of the big crowd reactions and player reactions was obviously the very late disallowed goal. Yes. Now, I hated it, but because to me it was a goal that should not have been... I didn't want Chelsea to win, so I kind of was happy in that regard. It was also, cor- the correct call. Well, no, it wasn't. It was offside. We've talked about this. It, what, they, <laughs> they, they, they gave an offside that the equipment that they are using is not accurate. Okay, okay, okay. So well, it's it's within, the it's offside. offside was given within a margin for error that it is not accurate enough to give an offside. Uh, but within the parameters of the British game right now, it's offside. So it was the correct call. No. It's offside. Anyway, no, anyway, it's, anyway it's go, go, why did you think of me? They're, why they're, did drawing you... an, they're essentially drawing an imaginary line. So it's not offside. 
We don't know if it's offside or not because the decision that they're using to judge whether it's offside or not is not accurate enough to give that decision. Okay, right. So they shouldn't be doing it, but you're right. From the arbitrary <laughs> line that they're drawing, it was offside. Yes. But I just I forget about the VAR side of it. I just knew that you would have really liked that we had the... I just think of... Because I always think... The whole the, new the emotion, Man, Man yeah. City Spurs yeah. game with Aguero. Aguero, was it? I, yeah, it came with Aguero yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Champions League. But... Um, uh, you know that emotion of we've scored. Yeah. You know a late equalising goal to then oh god it's going up on oh the screen. Oh god! And then watching and... Chirwell go. So the Leicester fans have been giving him shit all game. Yeah. He scores. He goes nuts in front of them, and then it's disallowed. Yeah. Oh my god! That is so good. That is such a beautiful moment in football, and that's created by VAR. VAR created that beauty for us. Mm. I'll tell you what isn't beautiful is Chelsea, right? Okay. So I've um. Oh, typically, you know, I started off quite negative about about little Tommy T, right? Mm. And and then when he started doing well, I just shut up because it was best to shut up than just look like I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But I'd like to 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 heart back to my original negativity, and you know, having got to the end of this season, look at it and go, okay, well, has he been good or has he been bad? Might have to reserve judgment till after the Champions League final. We, we might, we might have to. But even if he wins the Champions League final, I would argue that. Okay, so so he and Lampard have had what this season a very similar amount of games. I, I think Lampard's had uh, twenty seven, and Tommy Tuchel's had twenty eight. I th- let me look. I should have got these notes down, but I'm just going to reel it off from from how mm. I understand it. Frank Lampard in that time scored 61 62 goals Tommy Tuchel has scored 31 goals Chelsea have scored that many goals in their okay right you, yeah you okay. say yep right now, when you say Chelsea have scored now I don't put that much of a of a differential down to the players that mm-hmm. is tactics okay absolutely yep. tactics now we can then laud the fact that he has kept a lot of clean sheets you know we and we were we would we were saying look he's got four or five clean sheets in a row he doesn't concede goals oh my god he sorted out their defense what he's done is he sorted out their defense by just letting go of all of the attacking flair that made Chelsea enjoyable to watch for the 18 months prior to Tommy Tuchel's arrival now when you set up in <coughs> an FA Cup final with six defenders and some defensive midfielders that to me is a bit of a disgrace. Well, and there's and there's been some criticism leveled at him because of being negative in the FA Cup, and I think f- fairly. I mean, perhaps it was it was you could say it's innovative that he put Reese James in the back three, who's very quick, based on trying to negate Jamie Vardy, but it meant that Azpilicueta was playing um, right wing back. Who's him and Alonso together as wing backs are probably the slowest wing backs. It's collective age of about seventy six. I just like what what is that? Yeah, and I mean you know, and I think that you could see that, and and I think they missed sort of Reese James's drive on the right hand side. Um, so yeah, maybe, and and I agree with you. I think one of the things we liked about. Um, Frank Lampard's Chelsea was it was pretty freewheeling. Yeah. But maybe part of that was Frank didn't really have a plan and he just left it to the players, whereas Tommy Tuchel is much more um of a, you know, structure is first kind of like you've got to be impressed. I I agree with you, but I was also I found it a fascinating game. Like it was one where, you know, it wasn't a an amazing game, but I really enjoyed the first half, um, as a nil nil. Because of the, the 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 differences in the way the two teams were playing, I, I was really impressed with Chelsea's press. Like they they yeah, made it yeah. so hard for Leicester to play, and I was like, this you know they do they, they didn't have a they, single they shot they on target. Do this Leicester very very half. well, and you yeah. can see why that I think Tuchel may have some success say against against Pep as an example because we've seen Klopp with you know have success against mm. Pep from being having that super organised press. But at the same time, whenever Leicester got it forward quickly, and there were a few times, they looked a threat. Mm. And I think what we saw was the danger is, if you do what Chelsea did 
and you don't take your chances or when you have an opportunity they didn't necessarily create anything clear cut but they had a few opportunities like yeah. Werner got in the round the back a few times if you don't make the most of that the danger is when you employ those tactics you know you only need one chance and then the other team can win and that's what we saw and it, it, and so i think some of that criticism is fair yeah i i, I look I'm leveling that criticism and I'm doing it with gusto because I think that a player who is getting absolutely ostracised, Timo Werner, is essentially on his own up there. So you say he got around the back. Okay, now Frank Lampard's Chelsea. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Frank Lampard is the solution. I'm not saying the way he played football was the solution. He had Chelsea in a state. And and if anyone is going to come at me and say he's saying Frank Lampard's a better manager, no, he's not. He's just not. Definitely not. Tommy Tuchel is better. However... The way he set up Chelsea, I think, is really horrible. So Timo Werner, for example, yes, he's missed missed some sitters, right? The perception around him is has been terrible. We spoke a few weeks ago. He still scored he, lots of goals, still, got lots of assists. Exactly, exactly yeah. right. But what appears makes him look worse is because by the time he gets around the back, there is no one following up, no one, because there are six defensive players and two of them are about seventy-five years old. There, there, there is no second wave coming to support him. Yeah, well, so Jor- he Jorginho either. is not going to bust the gut to get. In well, the exactly, box. and Jorginho yeah. is one of the more positive players that yeah. they've, they've got in that midfield. So he either takes a shot on his own, which is always under pressure, or he tries to hold the ball up, or he slows play down. And no matter what, when you do that, you look bad when it doesn't work. So he gets a ribbon because he is essentially a he's a canary down the mine for a very defensive team that he's actually brought back aged players we were saying it when um when he first got the job we're like oh wow look at that Alonso he's bringing back players that haven't been able to get a game like wow he's a genius he's making these old players play well I remember the rhetoric and actually what he's done is he's taken out the youthful enthusiasm he's brought in the the, the jaded experience which with no pace and he's made them play like a, a regimented system now I would argue that you, any team that has the, the squad depth and the talent of Chelsea, you can make play regimented and rigid like Chelsea. I'd argue that if you're a good enough coach defensively, you can, you can set them up to not lose, right? However, is that what football's about? No. So I don't like him. Yeah, look, I, I get it. Um, I guess to sort of counter your argument, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding, I suppose, and I think if he can win the Champions League and uh, uh, and finish in the top four, then Chelsea would consider that to be a very successful season. But I do also agree with you, and I think there's another point, which is, do you need to do that if you've got a Kante? I don't know if you do. I think you can probably let the hand break off a bit and just say, do you think Kante and, and Hoover up and... Um, you know, let the players in front of you have a bit more freedom because he's got you know players like like Werner, like Havertz, like um, Pulisic, you know who uh, who um, is the Moroccan guy as well who they got from Ajax, um, Sakimi. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, give them a bit of freedom. Well, yeah, I mean, and Pulisic isn't even getting a game. He's he's coming on as a sub. Because obviously at Dortmund, that's he was used as a sub at Dortmund, and yeah, it's funny. I the the he was injured last year, and at the back end of last year, uh, I think it's last year and not 2019. But if it, I could be wrong because I feel like I've just lost a year. Yeah, I keep yeah, doing I know this. What you mean. I keep yeah, having yeah. 2019. 2020 just doesn't exist. About yeah. 2020. Yeah. But anyway, we'll pretend it was last year. Yeah, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But. Towards the end of last year, he got fit, started playing, and you're like, "Wow, I can see this, why this Chelsea bought yeah. this guy. He looks like he's great. He kind of he looked like a like Hazard, yeah, doing the same similar sort of things, you know, beating players for fun and 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 scoring goals and um and then again this year it just hasn't hasn't happened hasn't oh clicked. he's not he's being used as an impact sub yeah I, I would ha- I'm not going to say hands down I'm not going to just make any pig summer comments here but I would say Pulisic is in the conversation for the best American import in Premier League history. Well, there aren't that many. Yeah, there's been some excellent American players. But I think Pulisic Give is me another. Brian McBride. Brian McBride. Come on, Brian McBride's excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim he's, Howard. He's Casey Brian, Keller. Brian McBride is very... Uh, like He was a good, solid professional, but he's a bang average Clint Dempsey. Player. 
Clint Dempsey's more likely. Landon Donovan. Claudia Reyna. I mean, but I would argue that yeah, Pulisic, Pulisic is, is... He is better than all those, but I don't think that any of those players are particularly exceptional. I think they're honest Premier League pros, <laughs> but I don't think they're exceptional. Well, I think that he is being wasted as an impact sub, and I think that that, that is Tommy Tuchel's stubbornness. And in FA Cup final, I'm not even, I haven't even got onto the fact that he wore a tracksuit. I mean, fuck off. He wore a tracksuit for the FA Cup final. A tracksuit. It's not just... He's meeting tra- the Queen. Not just the tracksuit either, Jeff. It's a fitted tracksuit. With a cap. Yeah. Like, I that, don't, I'm not a fan of the fitted tracksuit. That, to track me, suit. I just feel like you're not taking this seriously, mate. And then you, you wear a tracksuit. Are you going to mention that he's German? Play six <laughs> defenders. Meeting the Queen, Roger. A German meeting the Queen at Wembley. <laughs> How but, dare you? Put on a bloody pin. Um, But I just... <laughs> However, so, Leicester were good. Yeah, well, I, I, and I liked the the, the the like the sort of conflict of styles. I really like Brendan Rodgers as well, and I like the way that Leicester play. And I just enjoyed the tactical battle in this game of mm. like, but also the fact that there were fans and there was emotion. If it was just a tactical battle with none of that, I probably couldn't give a shit. But put it all together, I just really enjoyed it. And then what you need is within that some moments that. And I just think it was a really good final because you need all those things yeah. together and then you need some moments of real quality or some moments of drama. We had the drama with the VAR. We had an absolutely brilliant goal by Tillmans, who is, um, I think, an exceptional player and has has had a wonderful season. We had Schmeichel make a couple of... Two excellent, excellent saves, yeah. saves. Like he could, When he does that sort of stuff, you squint a bit and he, he's his dad. But yeah. I just think maybe that's a disservice to, to Schmeichel because he's been so good for Leicester for such a mm. long time now. And he's... Um, I think over the last few years, there's an argument to say that he's been the most consistent keeper in the league because he kind of... He, you take him for granted, don't you? Yeah, he, he sort of does all the simple things mm. well. Like, you know, commands his box saves what you expect him to save but then also every now and then he does the exceptional as mm. a keeper and i think one of the um saves he made i just you just don't expect the keeper to do that you know I, I spoke to a chelsea fan this week and he said to me even he enjoyed leicester's victory yeah okay and the what he said was you just can't you can't begrudge them that like they are a club that's set up in a way that as a neutral, even as a Chelsea fan, you look at it and you're like, you've got to admire it. The, the way that they've sold their best players and they've reinvested and, you know, the, the story with their owner and all of the, you know, the 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 mystique around what Leicester have achieved in the, in the last five, six years of our lives. You can't begrudge them a moment like this. Even as a Chelsea fan, you can't. You, mm. you get swept up. When you look at how they celebrated with their owner, Fuck! What was it? Three, four weeks ago, we're looking at the European Super League, and they and the players wanted the owner to come down to lift the trophy. That just doesn't happen in the modern world. So it, it's a brilliant story that I think. Wes Morgan coming on. Oh, Wes age, Morgan, age thirty-seven. Do you, do you think that Wes Morgan will ever get over the feeling that he had of being brought on as essentially, a, you know? It, it's it's a novelty. He's he's been brought on to go. Okay, this, we're going to give this to you. Here's your here's your and then oh, scoring. Well, see, and I, I don't. I mean, I think they. I do think there was an element of uh, Johnny Evans had gone off, and they wanted some experience. Oof, to... No, it's tokenism. I I, I reckon Brod Brod. Oh, it was too early for that. It was like seventy odd minutes. Like. Uh, which is why I'm, I was unsure. I was like, "What are you doing? Like this bloke mm. hasn't played for about seven months, and he's 37, and, and he, he looks like he's put on five kilos." Exactly right. Five like I didn't even realize he finished. was still a Leicester. Yeah. And then suddenly he scores an own goal in the last minute. There, there would have been a moment in time, probably what was it, like fifteen odd seconds, twenty seconds, where that was the worst moment of his entire life <laughs> because because he was waiting for this opportunity to come on he's been brought on in a cup final i mean it's it's dream stuff isn't it sub on cup final yeah you get to lift it i'm the captain of this club it's my scored home goal in the last minute <laughs> yeah. and and he had to live that he literally lived that moment in front of us until someone went no no where's this all right go on chill out that didn't happen just that didn't happen vrs vrs come to save by an imaginary line but jesus like if you're going to have a heart attack, it's in that 20-second period where you, where your absolute nightmare has come true. Yeah. So, poor Wes. 
I'd, but, pro- but I'd probably retire this year. Yeah, well, I, think that, I think that will likely be his last game for Leicester, and I think that's you know that's great. I'm pretty sure that he would. You know, he's been a long servant for Leicester, and he never would have expected to win the league. And then I think to get um, you know the an FA Cup soon afterwards is great. And I agree with you. I think it's a li- perhaps a little bit of an anecdote to the ESL stuff. And yeah. it's quite nice to see a team winning that weren't involved in that. The last thing I'll say on the FA Cup final is that um, did you hear that Jamie Vardy has now played, he's the only player to have ever played in all 13 rounds of the FA Cup. Wow, that's a great stat. All 13 rounds. So he's played from the very first preliminary qualifying round to the final and won it. How brilliant is that? Is that only 13 games? It's not actually that many. Yeah, I know. Like but considering how low down the FA Cup starts. Okay, but if you're if you're shit enough to start in the thirteenth tier, by the time you get to the fifth round, you're playing against Aston Villa. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like your pub teams. No, you can do. You can play qualifiers yeah. to get into that thirteenth thirteenth round. But the thirteen proper rounds, you can go into you know national north and south qualifiers. But to to get into that thirteenth round. Yeah, he's the only player to have done all of them. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's a good story. There's a lot of stories like that about Jamie Vardy. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, okay, what's, what's next on our list today, Rog? Man City won the league. Should that have been top? Nah, because we all knew it was going to happen, didn't we? Yeah, have they gone off the boil since? Who cares? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't think... Do I, uh, do I care? Um, Do I, I, care? I thought of you this morning. Like, I mean, I'm interested to, to, to see the Champions League final, obviously. But um, I did think of you this morning because um, that was a great game this morning, the Brighton game, by mm. the way. But um, uh, I didn't see the sending off. But uh, No, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't see the sending off. Um, I just watched, watched the goals. But, I was, uh, I was Phil Foden scored... Oh, geez, he quite, ran from his own heart. Quite a he? good yeah. goal. And I was like, oh, Jeff will be all over this one because everyone will be... Um, it was you know, quite a good goal. It. it was quite a good goal, but it's still... Can uh, I argue that on paper it's better than it was in reality? Yeah, you can. Yeah, He kind of just ran a bit and then something happened, tucked it in the corner. For some reason, there was no one around him and he tucked it in the yeah. bottom corner. But on paper, he dribbled from his own half round players and, mm. and slotted it in the bottom. So, so when you read the report... That goal is a bit better than it was. <laughs> so this is what just, I, just where I thought it. you'd go with it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just saying. Uh, no, well done, Man City. And I think, I mean, you know, we're not going to say anything that hasn't already been said, but I think we know that Pep's a great manager and I think he has shown this year that he can regenerate a team and play a slightly different way and adapt. And he's done that Then had the, you know, the City machine have looked like they were going to win it for a long time. They have. But, I mean, it's interesting. Like, at the start of the year, if you would have said that Laporte would have been out for most of the year and Fernandinho wasn't going to play much and Aguero wasn't going to play much and Sterling was going to have a pretty poor year. If you told me all those things and then said City would win the league fairly comfortably, I probably would have said no. So I think that shows what he's done and actually some of almost some of the lesser lights are the ones that have improved such mm. that see, I mean and no, it's good to go and John Stones yeah and, yeah. and uh, Mares yeah and, and you know bit um uh, Cancelo like and I feel like some oh, of this is a see bit Mar- contradictory because these are still fucking 50 60 million pound players yeah, yeah. but he's not exactly like scuffed up a diamond has no he? Yeah. but uh, but I do think that yeah you know we should give him some credit did you see Myers's assist this morning for um uh whose goal was it first we cut it cut inside yeah for good to go we cut inside cut inside and it was like a cross shot with his left foot it was like I mean, why didn't you all expect we, we him to do that? Do it, <laughs> like, why didn't yeah. you all do it? And he puts it in an area that like, it will either go in or someone will touch it if you give him enough like time on yeah. his left foot to do it. And you're like, oh, fucking hell. But he, he, like, he has been close to their most important player this year, I would say. In important games, I agree. Yeah. But they, they've shipped six goals in the last two games, which doesn't put them in a good position for the... Do you think they've for, just let, I mean, it, it smacks of just letting your foot off the gas a bit but. yeah but that's dangerous when you get when you got it your is. most important game in your footballing history on the horizon well yeah it's interesting it's kind of 
we know it's not about the league for them or for the mm. at least for the city owners for the city owners it is all about this this is the holy grail for them they wanted when they first came in they wanted man city to you know yeah the champions league and, and so actually this little phase where they can be a, a tad complacent it's really, really dangerous, especially when Chelsea are in a phase where they uh, there is no room for complacency. Who do you like for the Champions League final? I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I want Man City to win. Just because you don't like Tommy Tuchel? Well, part of, uh, there, there is... I, I can't get over the European Super League, right? I, I'm not past that. I can't just sweep it under the carpet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... If I'm going to give a hierarchy of, of hate for the six clubs involved, Man City are probably at the bottom of it. I I, I think... Well, they are, but I I don't think we can give them any credit for that because the only no, no. reason they are is because they don't need to be. Yeah, le- least bad is still bad. But like, is it even least bad? And it's just the only reason they don't care is because they're only in it for sports washing. And then, and then you're, you're, yeah, no, so you're right. Now no, I think about it. There's no, even... like, you know, they have slightly better morals than the other No, they clubs. don't. They just don't need it as much. And they shouldn't even be in this year's Champions League, should they? They, they were no, banned, they were banned from the Champions <laughs> League for cheating and they got buy on a technicality yeah, they on their appeal just long enough ago that it was okay yeah because they stalled so long yeah. <laughs> with their information. So when, actually, they, when they got discovered for cheating yeah so they shouldn't yeah. even be there so okay maybe Chelsea can they both lose is that possible no unfortunately not um well, that's a problem for me then. I'm really going to struggle with that. And, and, and but I do. I agree. But I also, I, I'm kind of glad it's not Real Madrid, Barcelona. Yeah. Um, agree. Yeah. Juventus, like the the arch ESL clubs, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I I do agree. I, I, but then part of me then I would just wish it was Bayern versus Dortmund. You know, or I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to um to yeah, be the rec- reconcile and, and, and I just and particularly because as we said, it all seems to have gone away. And they've that, been welcomed uh, yeah. back with. Open, I mean, the only discussion still is really about um, Juventus and um, Real and Barca because they're yet to renounce mm. the, the Super League. But all the clubs that have, have, you know, they made their charitable donation. And it's kind of like, is this seriously, guys? Is this it? And doing, I think yeah. it is. I yeah. think this is literally it. And I just think that is a complete disgrace. Did you hear what Ancelotti said last week when they were talking about Everton spending? Did you read that no, article? No. So Ancelotti was being asked about financial fair play and whether Everton are going to sign players in the summer. And he's like, yeah, we're going to sign players. We can afford players. We don't have to sell to buy. And um, so one of the journalists asked him about um, financial fair play and, and Everton's losses. And he said, um, and I'm sorry I'm paraphrasing here because the way he put it in his kind of Italian English was, was perfect. But he basically said... If they look at Everton and our financial fair play record before they look at the six clubs who nearly destroyed football, that's a fucking joke. Yeah. Okay. So if if that's the case, it's a joke, which basically means we're going to do what we like because you got to sort your shit out first uh, because obviously you don't punish anyone for anything anyway. So we'll just buy some players, thanks. Fair enough. And read read it. So for anyone listening at home... Track it down because we, I'm sorry if I haven't represented him well, but read read his comments. He basically mm. said it's a fucking joke. If they're going to even look at us, it's a joke before they sort their own house out, which is those teams. But it, and it look, but it, it yeah, it looks like nothing's going to happen. Which is um, the only. I mean, uh, uh, we're jumping around a bit here, but um, the there has been a petition started in the UK. Um, and it's got some fairly prominent backers in, uh, you know, G- Gary Neville and um, some other ex-pros. I can't remember what other ex. Micah Richards. Micah, uh, yeah. has been on it, maybe. Yeah, there's uh, a few. A few Lineker. Lineker. Um, for so it's for an independent regulator for football in England. Now this is something that I've been talking about for a while, and we had this big conversation in the aftermath of the ESL about what can we do, and we said that really, it's not going to be fixed on its own. There needs to be regulation. And I mean, that is what this is, um, or could be, and so I think it is the only answer to have. But do you know? I also read it, and I'm like, but are they going to be legitimate, or are they just going to be another, you know, organisation where money's sloshing around? 
Do you know what I mean? Because that's that, that that's what you, all you think of with football. But if it's done right, I think that that is the only way to institute change is to is to regulate it. And anyway, it's um they got over a hundred thousand signatures on the petition. We'll put the link up on our social media, so I encourage everyone to um to to sign up because I think it can only be a good thing to at least discuss it. But it's gonna go if you get over a hundred um thousand signatures then it has to be debated at parliament okay so what do you think will happen if something's debated at parliament not necessarily anything but <laughs> you're right it is good. It, i mean sorry to be such a cynic i think the whole thing has left me slightly jaded about yeah. about the world um but i mean this is literally this is literally all we have because to me this is being swept under the carpet and there is going to be no punishment no proper punishment for these teams. They're all going to be playing in Europe next year. They're not going to be penalised in the league. I, I cannot believe it, but it is literally, you know, oh, it's okay, guys. We know you didn't really mean it. Come on, come back in. It's all all right. What do you mean and you can't believe like, it? That's just, yeah, of course you can believe it. You pretty well, I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I can't. I sp- but it's so sad that that's what it is it is absolutely disgusting so so when it comes to the champions league final what what, what are you, you what man city or chelsea where are you going to go i i don't know that's it's horrible it's really, isn't it maybe man city just to get it done just to get it just done, get it done. <laughs> <laughs> and the owners will fuck off and then they'll go back to being a you know um, a more normal football club. I don't know. Oh, no. I, um, um, let's talk about top four. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, big result this morning. The return clash of the FA Cup final. Yeah. In, and Chelsea obviously got revenge over Leicester. And you could see it. Like There was a bit in the celebrations from their, their mm. players, I thought. Like, they obviously... So Leicester and Chelsea were on the same points prior to this game, but essentially whoever lost this out of live out of um, Chelsea and Leicester this morning can mathematically be overtaken by Liverpool, like it's in, in Liverpool's hands, um, and I suppose the same if they drew. So it's a big result for Chelsea. It probably confirms that they are have a Champions League spot, um, regardless of the outcome in the final. Uh, are Liverpool now favourites over Leicester for that last spot? So they're three oh. points behind with a game in hand and a one better goal difference. Leicester's last game is against Spurs. Liverpool have Burnley overnight, which will have happened by the time people listen to this, and then Crystal Palace. Uh, but we should also talk about the game of the weekend. The Liverpool game? Yeah. Oh, Allison's header. Allison's header, yeah. I mean... Top bloke. I am already sick. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I'm already sick. Oh, come on. I'm hearing yeah. Liverpool fans in three years' time telling me that Alisson's header is the thing that got them to the Champions League this year. I'm already sick of it. But that that is... We're watching this unfold. That, that like again when you talk. We love about, a last minute goal when it's a last minute goal. Uh, it's never. It's literally never happened before in the Premier League. A goalkeeper has never come up and scored a header off a corner in the Premier League. It's never happened. And that We've been goals before in the not not a header not off a, a corner direct and not a winner. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I always think of uh, Jimmy Glass for Carlisle to keep him in the football league, but obviously that's yeah you know, a bit different. It, I mean, it was incredible. I loved it. I got swept up in it. But now I'm like, oh god, I can see this panning out. I can, I can see the, I can see the murals on the walls. Like, if they win the Champions League next year, and they're talking about, well, we wouldn't have even been here if it wasn't for <laughs> Ali's header. Like, what? Yeah, I, I'm already sick of it. So, however, great footballing moment. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and it's just maybe a shame. Well, there weren't fans there for that, were there? No, and when you talk about their their run in, um, what is interesting is one of Liverpool's games against Burnley, which will have happened by the time we release this shed, is away at Burnley, mm. and even those teams that are mid table, which you would normally look at now as going okay, well that's a banker, the first time they're playing in front of their crowd, they are suddenly motivated. So I, I wonder whether Burnley might actually get something from Liverpool if if yeah. it's it's not unheard of but the problem oh, and, and is Palace less... it will be um, last game of the year will be Roy Hodgson's last game yeah. 
managing Palace, which will be, um, I think Liverpool are at home. Yeah, that that's game, that's that, Anfield. Yeah, you know, it still be that will be an emotional occasion for the Palace players. Ex Liverpool manager Roy Hodgson. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, also looks a lot like an owl. Massively like an owl. An owl with a vagina neck. <laughs> yeah. Like that man is aging. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Roy. Did you see that uh, we were talking a bit about um, Frank earlier, but yeah. he might, he's been touted as a potential for the Palace job. I actually think that that's a good appointment. I really do. I, like He should have started at a club like that or you know after Derby and Derby losing the playoff final it would have been the right thing to do for him to go to a club that is a development club like Crystal Palace where he can get away with losing some games whilst he learns his trade he can get exciting young players who know it's wow, a stepping stone would he I just they would have got relegated and he would have got sacked and the same thing would have happened wouldn't it? would he? I don't know like, uh, like, I don't think he's very good or well but he, we don't know yet well, that's, he wasn't you know he's, he's early in his career well, no, no, we know he's he wasn't he's not very good. <laughs> like, we we yeah. we know, we know that, but I actually I, I he was average at Derby and Palace had better players. So if he's average at Palace, he'd survive. There are worse teams in the Premier League. So where else is he going to apply his trade? He's not going to go lower than this championship. No, so well, if we he, talked if he's, about whether or not he was even going to get another job. If he's bloody persistent in being a football manager, the the best type of club for him right now is a club like Palace. Yeah, I, I don't I think it makes that. sense. Um, it will be a quick kind of message on Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson has been in management for 41 years. That's a lot. <laughs> like That's a it, lot of years. He was in he was a football manager before you were born, right? That is um impressive that he has managed to maintain his level of expertise at the top of his game, multiple countries, won multiple trophies for 41 years. And still has the drive to rock up to work every day and blood in young players and front the media and take shit from fucking Scott Parker. You know, he he is still able to do that. And like credit to him taking a step back, but we just have to acknowledge that for all of his faults, especially you know as England manager and you know he had a bad time at Liverpool. But actually, what a phenomenal career that bloke's had. He he really is. Um, yeah, it's interesting, and it is a bit of a journeyman career, you know, in some odd, like you know, Switzerland and the national in, teams in, that are... into Milan, and like there's been some like odd appointments, or he... not necessarily odd, but just like varied. How many, like, like how many managers right now could turn around to you and say, "Oh, I remember when I tried to make Roberto Carlos play up front." Like that, that is so. He has so many of those stories that are so unique to someone with that longevity at the top of their 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 game that it's 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 a phenomenal achievement. And and yeah, we take the piss out of him, and rightly so. We take the piss out of everyone. You know, he's not immune to that. But as but I just as a footballing man, we're losing some experience. Yeah, and, and at the same time, he is you know he's kept a, a a limited Crystal Palace side competitive for a long while. He did the same with Fulham. You know, he, he took Fulham to to Europe to um, the UEFA Cup final. To the UEFA Cup final, yeah. and and you know, on very very limited resources. I I don't think I. It's sad, really, because there's a lot of things I will remember quite fondly about him. Not necessarily the way his teams played, mm. but for me, it's just slightly tarnished by the fact that um, I thought he was really poor as England manager. Yeah, but he took over from Fabio Capello who left the England squad questioning their own existence. You know, he was a cold man who didn't breed uh, an environment that people wanted to go play. Uh, he managed a bunch of um, Galactico England players poorly. And Roy Hodgson had to come in and bring in young players and, and got the you know the scorn of the press for doing so. So actually, I don't think England would be where they are today if it wasn't for some of the transitions that Roy Hodgson made even though he managed a poor England side. Yeah, maybe. But um, I just think that letting him leave the game without giving him his dues is would be yeah. sad. So so credit to him, he's earned it, even if he is a Wally. And, and, may, and maybe, <laughs> maybe not, you know, as easy games for Liverpool as they look on paper. No, I agree. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. So, so, you know, it would be sad if Leicester don't get top four, but they've won the FA Cup, which, which brings me to the question, right... And the question we've always asked, you know, we ask it of Arsenal every year. 
what is more important, top four or winning a trophy? I would argue right now for Leicester, winning a trophy is a better achievement. Let's say that. Let's say that. Let's go around, right? I, I agree. Let's say they yeah. they they lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup final, but won to Chelsea in the league, which means that they would be top four, but they would they wouldn't have won the FA Cup. What would be a better year? Then they will always have the memory of winning that cup. That is now there, done. Finishing in the top four, so be it, comes and goes. Well, and it's, it's interesting to say that. I agree, and I th- actually think even more so now with the backdrop of ESL, because I think that's taken a bit of gloss off Europe. Mm. You know, it's sort of um, before the Champions League was the be all and end all, largely because of money. And I think that's kind of the obvious has been exposed a bit, if you like, by ESL. And it's actually like, well, I think regular legacy fans will be questioning, um, why do we watch football? Yeah. Do we really want to watch, celebrate success for our team by the fact that they're getting in the Champions League and getting more money? Or do we want to celebrate success by winning a trophy? That's that no yeah. one can ever take away from us, and I think that it's winning a trophy, and and maybe uh, I'm in mean, I I doubt what I'm saying here, but I'll say it anyway. Maybe it increases the sort of luster of the FA Cup a bit with this sort of thing, which I think can only be a good thing. I mean, I, and I think I still think we should can the um, League Cup and just have the one cup competition and make it, you know, well. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a thought process. Well, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I say it, and then actually, the finance from the League Cup is quite important. To it's very lot, important to yeah, a lot yeah. of lower league clubs in football. So it's not as easy as just saying can it. But I think that if there's one thing we have to maintain, it is the FA Cup. Agree. Yeah, it, it's, it's and no such other a... leagues in Europe have the major leagues have two cup competitions. But the FA Cup is such a part of of of. English footballing folklore, yeah. like it, it's uh, the fact that unless they have won it, when so, you yeah. when you win the FA Cup, you are entitled to have your corner flags at your home stadium be a triangle. Do you know that? No, I didn't know. That. Okay, so any team that has triangle corner flags won has the won the FA, FA Cup. Cup. You are not allowed to do that. That is a great nuance of that. Is so it's so brilliant, isn't yeah. it? It's so so brilliant. So as as you go to places like um, Villa Park or Goodison Park. You can see the corner flags, a triangle. Well, look, look at it from now on. In look at it mm. now, Leicester City for the first time in their in their 138 years or whatever it is are able to change their corner flags to be triangles. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, that, is, that, is that is just is so cool. cool. And you also know that if you're going to a ground that has squares, you're like, hmm, we got triangles. Whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah, so if, cool. If, you know, if you weren't won over by the trophy, well. Triangle corner, triangle, play. yeah. Play, but yeah. so let's look at Spurs, right? Spurs have finished top four, made loads of money for the last few years. No would trophy. you? Would you rather be Leicester? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Premier League, Premier League trophy and FA well, Cup. The, but the, well, I mean, <laughs> let's say ignore the Premier League trophy, just FA Cup, the right type of football, the right type of owner. What would you rather be? Even though Spurs have got this fancy down new stadium, like you would still, you look at Leicester and you think you pick. There are fans that are envious yeah. of that club. And what what's Harry Kane said this week? He said he's off. I want to leave to win things. Oh God! I want to win a trophy. Have you seen the stat going around this week? And I'm sorry if I'm regurgitating this stuff because no. I'm sure if people listen to podcasts, they they see this stuff on the internet. You know, the stat is um, so Jermaine Defoe won the title with Rangers this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is the 78th player to leave Spurs and win a trophy since Spurs last won a trophy. Wow. <laughs> 78. That's very Spursy. That's a very Spursy statistic. It just made me chuckle a little bit when Harry Kane said he wants to leave to win trophies. I'm like, fair enough. It's fair enough. Check out Kyle it's Walker what, up the road. That's what everyone else does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Walker needs a new cabinet. Oh, poor, poor Spurs. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe that just, just highlights it. Um... We, we, do, we don't have much time left, so I want to just t- tip on a few things, okay? Uh, yeah, it's like some, uh, what's the word? Like speed. S- the Yeah, speed. Speed round. Speed, speed round. Speed round. Speed Cava- recap. Cavani's goal. Yeah, I want to talk about Cavani. 
Cavani's goal? Beautiful. Beautiful. Did Fernandez touch it? Does it matter? It would have been offside if he didn't. It would have been offside would if he it, didn't if, touch it. If he it. didn't touch it, it would have been offside because he was in an offside position when the keeper played the ball. He was on the onside wow. when Fernandez did or did oh, not I've flick it. This, so it could be another cheating Man United goal. Yeah. Not unusual. I mean, VAR looked at it. Now, Fernandez came out in an interview and said he didn't think he touched it. He actually said, I don't think I touched it, but the ref told me I did. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of glad it got allowed because it was a brilliant goal. It was too beautiful to and be chalked off. That's well, that's why football is beautiful. He, I, we, I, we, more you, were quite dubious about Cavani. Me? Yeah, I think particularly you when he came in and United signed him on a free but were paying him huge amounts of money. I think you were very sceptical about it and I was a bit unsure too. And I, I think that he has been brilliant this year and I actually think it's a little bit sad in that you know he's done um it's been brilliant for Uruguay for a long time it's been brilliant in France but perhaps we gloss over that because it's a monkey league um but he's scored an awful lot of goals and I think we've seen this year that he is an excellent striker really excellent yeah. striker and I think it's a bit of a shame that he has been doing all this in covid world with nobody in the stadiums because like i think he is of his generation he is like a top 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 striker agree it's like, his movement and his first touch and and um how he finds space it, it it's the things that don't, that go unnoticed that he is so phenomenal he straightens at. united up yeah. i just think he he they play so much better when he plays Agreed. gives him that focal point top and, quality player yeah and i you're right i probably didn't i didn't you know, dog on Man United signing him. However, I, you know, the majority of my Cavani experience goes for watching him internationally, and he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. He he just he oh, would he miss. A lot of goals for you. Well, no, but he yeah, but he would miss a lot too. He he would his stats. I always felt disguised a lot of misses. However, when I've watched him week in week out for Man United, the guy's fucking great. Yeah, I think it's. I wasn't sure whether he was the answer for United, but actually, I think he's. Or they're paying him a lot of money as a free transfer. I think he's absolutely a success. Like I think he's mm. been really important for them this year. Okay, your your turn. Um, Spain. Yes. So. Going down. Well, it was Mexico, wasn't it? Same team. Spain. Same. Oh God. Um. <laughs> The, the La Liga is going down to the final day. Yes. So have three clubs that can win it on the final day. Atleti, um, Madrid, Madrid and Barcelona. Barca, like Barca um, can Barca still win it? Um, if they can, they are the least likely to win it. No, mm -hmm. they can't, sorry. It's Madrid or um, Atletico. Sorry, I'm a game too late. Um, so Madrid are, are two points behind Atletico. Yeah. Um, and last game to play um, but at the weekend uh, Atletico were losing 1-0 um, till fairly late in the game um, against Osasuna and scored an equaliser and then in like 87th minute or something Suarez got the winner now I would really love it if Atletico win because yeah. they're the unfashionable club in Spain and Barca and Real win it every year. But I also kind of like that Suarez is a little bit of the forgotten star in that Barca let him go for about five million. Yeah. On two-year deal. You know, all the stuff was happening with Messi's contract and, um, you know, we, we know the finances at Barca, but they kind of picked Messi over Suarez and decided that Suarez was surplus to requirements, essentially. Yeah, and to have Suarez so, just put the nail in the coffin yeah, is kinda, just so great. I kind of love that. Like yeah. it's a real fuck you to Barca, which yeah. I just, which I love. And again, I think it's possible. It's kind of a, it's a bit the same as Cavani, but I think Suarez might be underrated. <laughs> like I know he's great, and I know he's possibly not a great human which might be no, he's a part, terrible bloke might be terrible part bloke, of the yeah. reason like i think anybody that sure he loves his kids but he's a terrible bloke anybody that's in the 
questionably racist camp is not a great camp to be in. I mean, in. he bites human beings he, with his teeth. He bites them. He does. I'm probably <laughs> going to hold the racism against him more, but maybe it's institutional. More than the, more than cannibalism? Maybe more than the biting, yeah. yeah. But um, I I just love the you know that bit of sort of symmetry there. Yeah, but if it turns out that he's the one that wins it for Atletico over Barca and Real, then I, I just like that. Even it's more. a great story, and uh, um, it sounds like Cumin to go down to the last day. Sounds like Cumin's going to get the sack too. Oh, I see. Yeah, they they, they question his decision making. I'm like, oh, I mean, you, you could have spoken to probably six million people who questioned his decision making before you gave him the job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, we question you... your decision making when you gave him the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like Matt. he played for Barcelona, that doesn't make him a good manager. Uh, no, absolutely right. Matt's but yeah, but it is quite exciting. Obviously, that that um, La Liga will go down to the final yeah, day, and great. they could be. You know, Madrid have been. It wouldn't surprise me if Madrid win. They've been crap this year, but. They've got Zidane, and Zidane just wins. Yeah, it would, but he's going to go too, Zidane. He's, he said this is his last year at Real Madrid. I, 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 I think he took a lot of um, displeasure to the European Super League uh, that 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 went against his well uh, in the year. So I think he's he's just out of there. He's like, I hope this so, is the right time. He, he he's a man that's very close to my heart, Zizi. Uh, okay, next, Rog. Um, next, we could go to Italy where we hope that on the final day, Napoli win and Juventus don't to claim the last Champions League spot. So the league is over in Italy in the um, Inter have won. But yeah. we're also going down to the, 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 the final day there in that um, Milan are third on 76 points. Napoli are fourth in the last Champions League spot, also on 76. And Juventus are in fifth on 75 Wow. So, uh, and Atalanta are second on 78. So, essentially, all the Champions League spots in Italy are still up to play for on the final day of the year. That's amazing. The the whole of Europe is amazing. So, um, quick shout to France. Mm -hmm. So, Lille are one point ahead of PSG with one game to go. Now, you know me well enough to know that. I bang on at every opportunity about how important it is to sell your best players all the time. Yeah. Right. I think Monaco is still in it too. Oh. They're, pa- three, they're three points off top. Um, yeah, you're right, you're there, right. There needs to be a bit of a goal difference swing. They are the least they, likely, they are the but, least but they are still mathematically in it, yeah. right? So, you know, I talk, I bang yeah, on yeah. about selling. You, selling. you sell your best players and that's how, you, that's how you become a good football football side, right? Listen back to old sheds if you want to know the logic behind it, but for now, just trust me. What a great example, Lilla. So Lil sold Pepe to Arsenal for eighty million euros, right? When he was their best player, they replaced him with. Um, I don't know if he was their best player. Arsenal just thought he was their best yeah. player because uh, he took free kicks and penalties. Well, it's worth eighty million euros. So they replaced him with. Um, how do you pronounce it? Ossiman. Yeah, Ossiman. Yeah. Um, they bought him for twenty-two million euros. They sold him the next summer for seventy million euros. Replaced him with Yilmaz on a free transfer. Yilmaz has now scored 15 goals in 25 games and they're about to win the league. Sell your best players. <laughs> One day, listen to me, sell your best players. I mean, it's it's an achievement if you win League 1. Of and course you're, and you're it's, not yeah, PSG. And you're not PSG, yeah. Um, I, this is, this is off, off track. Um, Leeds have been great. I've watched Leeds twice uh, their last two games. Six goals to enjoy it. I just love watching them. And Bielsa is great. He, if you, like the passion when Leeds score a goal, and I think it's gone up a notch again with the with the fans. Yeah. But he, I also think there's a part of it he loves it just because he loves football. When you know, I can imagine if the plan comes together, he just thinks it's great. But he. You can see the passion there that he's got. And I think that, again, it's a bit of a shame that with Leeds last year, it's this year, sorry, it's had to happen during the pandemic. Yeah. Because I think Leeds have been great. They're, they're, they're in eighth in the league, you know. They're, they're still, this team is, um, you know, not had huge amounts of money spent on it. Like we talked about them being greater than the sum of the parts. And I don't think we can understate how good Leeds have been. And 
it's a privilege to have someone like Bielsa and to also just to see how much he loves football and to, to be able to see that every week. And I just feel like, again, it's a bit of a shame that it's in this, like, you know, um, these, this asterisk season again with no fans. Yeah. Um, I hope he's going to go around again next year. But it's Sounds not... like he's going to sign his new contract. Okay. It's not nailed on, but the rumour has it. And he's usually quite a straight-up bloke, so I don't think he's playing them. But it sounds like he has agreed a new two-year contract. Okay. Um, I hope so, because it'd be great to sort of see him I just enjoy I, yeah. like every every time Leeds are the early game I rub my hands and go well great I'm going to watch that but you, but you know just like you you said before you know you, you forget to talk about 2020 like you talk about 2019 and then you just forget last year isn't 2019 because of everything that's happened this last year I think this season's the same the point of this season was to survive before football starts again next year do you know what I mean like we're yeah. talking about like a squidged up schedules and all of these games in hand and all, like everything that's gone wrong and um, but the point of football was to just remain in the league as best you can. Don't fuck it up. And the fact that Man City, pardon me, the fact that fact that Man City have won the league, fine, because we can just forget about it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a, a, it's not been punctuated by anything. It's just everyone forget about it. Let's start again. And Leeds have done exactly what they needed to do. They got to the end of the season in a really good position. They've kept their team together. Hopefully, they sign Bielsa for another two years, and they can start experiencing the Premier League again. Yeah, the teams like Fulham, I think, will regret the fact that in this, all they had to do was just maintain before they can start enjoying themselves, and and they they haven't touched it. Yeah, but I also, who would you put down instead of Fulham? I don't, you know, I just. Well, I wouldn't. Newcastle have got better. Brighton have got better. I mean, Newcastle deserves some some credit. Newcastle have actually become quite a good side. I, oh, pardon me. I think I, they've I got, they've, with got that. They, they've got their players back at. Just in time. Yeah, but I mean, good players are important. They are. <laughs> no, it sounds I just weird. don't want to give like, Steve Bruce too much. Yeah, but how many times do we say, oh, yeah. you know, um, Newcastle have been shit. What's wrong with Newcastle? Maybe it's poor management. I'm like, okay, well, if St. Maximin and Callum Wilson are out and you're Newcastle, you don't have too many good players. That's a significant thing. When you get your good players back, it doesn't suddenly make Steve Bruce a good manager. Or it doesn't make him a bad manager when your good players are out. I mean, having your best players makes you a better side, no matter who you are. And we probably should remember that a little bit more <laughs> when, when when we judge some of these bad Selective runs of results. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. We look. We've got. Is there anything else on your side stories this, Rog? Because no. we, we've been banging on this week. No, I'm uh, I'm good. I think, and I'm I'm very excited about the award show. And we've got the, this is the penultimate week of the Premier League season, Jeff. This yeah, it's very exciting, exciting this weekend, and yeah. we've got the Championship as well, which um, we might talk about a bit next week, I guess. Or will we talk about anything next week, or will we just talk about the awards? Well, I don't know. We'll have to see, we'll see. how I'm looking score-wise. But hopefully we'll have John. Hopefully we'll have John, which will keep everyone engaged, because I'm sick of you, mate. Yeah, we'll do have a listen <laughs> to us next week, everyone, especially if John's here, because the awards is always um, always good fun. Uh, and we can remind each other of how many we got wrong or not. I had Timo Werner as top goal scorer. I remember that. I thought I was so clever. I wasn't at all. I think, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I remember about Everton being quite high in the league in your predictions too as well. Maybe, yeah. Maybe... First? Maybe first. Maybe first. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is my year. I don't think this is no. my year. Okay, it's been great to be back in the shed, everyone. Um, enjoy your lives. I'll see you next week. See you. And music. See ya. In the car. You're Bye. probably listening in.